You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive. Yeah. So? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm a little cheesed off, to be fair, because of what I saw today. I could not believe it. Well, I, I don't know. I guess... I guess I'm just looking at it from from a standpoint of okay, we're well over a year into this thing now, right? You've got to have a brain on your shoulders by this point, you would think. Unless you're part of the collective. Unless you're part of the collective, yeah. But I pull into my gym today, right? And I told you that they're not doing the whole mask thing there, but I mean, you can still do it if you want. No one's going to stop you, right? No one's even really going to look at you except if you're someone like me. And next to the front door, they put in a COVID testing center, which only the Usually the kids and, you know, a couple of couple of morons will go in there. But as I'm backing into my parking space today, I see this guy who parks opposite side of me, not not next to me, but opposite, like on the other on the other side, because there's like two lanes, like you're pulling into a Walmart or something. Right. So you have parking spaces on both ends, right, of each aisle. So this guy pulls in right in front of me, across from me. He gets out of his car. And I, I'm like gathering my stuff there and, you know, I'm throwing my uh, throwing my phone in the bag and, and all that because I was listening to music in the car and all that stuff. So I'm throwing my phone in the bag and uh, I'm getting my, my membership card ready so I can scan it on my way in and all that stuff. Right. And so as I'm doing that, I see him stepping out of his car and he's got the leather pointy shoes, the skinny jeans. This is a grown man. OK, leather pointy shoes, skinny jeans, pink V-cut sweater vest, a scarf, a, a scarf. It's July. A scarf and a mask with a man purse. And I yelled a couple of expletives as I'm opening the door, looking at him. There's no one else around. It's just he and I at that end of the parking lot. So it's safe to say that the guy understood that I was kind of shouting at him. And I get out of the car. I close the door. I lock it. And as I'm, we're kind of both stepping away at the same time. And I look across at him and I just look at him and I'm shaking my head. And he's looking at me. So he knows. He knows. And he just continues on. Like I'm not even there. And so as I'm walking up to the door, I walk past him. As I'm walking up to the door, I see a woman standing at the door and she is digging through her purse and she pulls out her mask and she puts her mask on. And then she walks in the door. And where do you think both of them walked? They didn't go in there to work out. I've never seen them there before. You know, you usually see the same crowd because you go there the same time roughly every day. So you see the same crowd. Usually they walk straight into the COVID testing center. There's a hundred people that are 10 meters from them that are not wearing masks and they're walking into a COVID testing center. Th- these are the kinds of people that they have into this cognitive dissonance, into this group think, into this, this cult-like mentality. These are the people that are going to... They're probably both double jab too, I might add. These are the people that are probably going to get that third one. And honestly, he was probably looking at you, shaking his head uh, in ahead. the same way from his Go perspective. Ahead. That right there... He thinks he's the one in the right. He's the one doing what he's told. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That right there. If that right there, if that is the poster child for the future of Western civilization, we're doomed. We're doomed. So we heard the Biden administration. By the way, he came out yesterday just as we closed up shop. Why does all the good stuff happen as we finish? Why, why does that happen? Like all the good stuff starts to come out right when we finish. 
Biden came out yesterday. They went a step further. It's not going to be just the VA now. All federal employees and contractors will need to be vaccinated or you'll face, they say weekly testing, it'll be daily. I'll tell you what happened here. They got caught. That last inquisition with Senator Rand Paul and Senator Kennedy, Senator Marshall, they got caught. That's what happened. And now all of a sudden, oh my God, COVID's worse. It's, it's back. It's, it's, it's more deadly than ever. And we don't know what we're going to do. Vaccinated people, you're not protected anymore. You notice that? You seeing that? No, 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 no. As Bruce said, they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. <laughs> Literally. Rand Paul was on Newsmax. Of course, it wasn't covered on any of the other uh, TV networks. He was on Newsmax and he says, they put the NIH grant, they listed that on their research paper, for God's sake. It's there. It's right there in black and white. They funded that. And they're the same people yeah. that are pushing vaccines. Yeah. And uh, I would go a step further and say that not only was their hand in the cookie jar, but they had crumbs all over him. I mean, oh, there's a trail, oh. trail of breadcrumbs all the way to it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because we, we pointed out all the stuff that we found just on public record, the, the stuff that we, we we have access to that we can see. Some of it, I think there's been a few FOIA requests, but nonetheless, this is this is all a scam. And the, the, the thing is, is they're going and saying you need that third jab. They're now saying that, well, the masks are ineffective. It's not going to work against the Delta variant. It never worked in the first place. And some of the ones that are out there saying that is the freaking head of the uh, Pfizer. It's like, I, I don't understand how people aren't uh, like mildly curious, just enough to go on and Google it themselves to find out, I don't know, what, what kind of investments does uh, Bill Gates have or Fauci or some of these other talking heads that have been pushing the vaccine so hard. Maybe maybe look into the investments that they have. Maybe there's something, I don't know, you know, the the, the previous head of the FDA and now the, the working with Pfizer. I mean, Kind of sounds like a conflict of interest, don't you think? And he's pushing vaccination. Hmm. But see, and I agree with you, but the problem is, is that they don't care because they've already written all that stuff off as conspiracy theory, right wing nuts and, and lunatics and tinfoil hats and all the rest of it. They're not willing to see any kind of actual truth. Anything now is in the way for them. They're so brainwashed and pushed into that cult like mentality that, I mean, how do you get someone out of it, right? I mean, you've got to get hurt really bad, but some people will follow it to the end. I, I liken it to the um, to the Matrix, right? Anybody seen that movie, right? Now just think about that for a second. As he's walking down the sidewalk with him in the training simulation, and he says, these people, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged from the system. They're convinced they will fight for the system. They will die protecting it because they believe it. It's the same here. They've got people at that level, like I was just talking about that I ran into today, those people are so convinced there's no getting them out of it. That person is looking on how to get their vaccine passport so they can get on with what they think is a normal life now. That's what they think. I'm just going to do this so I can go and get this done because they tell me that I have to get it done rather than actually question as to why you're there in the first place. I mean, that's the common sense thing right there. Before you even get down into that, that rabbit hole, like I I'm sitting here talking to people that some people that are, I mean, I know people that have been jabbed and I'm like, don't you even wonder why you're being told to do that? Does that even enter your mind? And they don't even, they don't even consider that. Like, well, it's just what we have to do. Like, well, do, do you not get that? Like that they're lying to you. I said, what are you going to do when they ask you to take a third one? Oh no, that's not going to happen. No, that's not going to happen. I said, okay, what about a fourth one, a fifth one, a sixth one? What then? I said, are you going to do that? Well, I don't know. I mean, if you've paid attention at all in the news, 
you you should have been able to say, yeah, there's going to be a third one coming because all the data that's coming out that the, that they're showing and the, the the narrative they were pushing about the Delta variant and everything like now the the narrative has changed uh, as you were pointing out. Fauci's saying originally was saying the vaccine was effective against the Delta variant. Now he's out saying it was highly no highly effective. effective. It was highly highly yeah effective. it was highly and it was free. Yeah, now it's not anymore. Interesting. What what changed there? I thought you had uh, data that said it was effective. Well, uh, they they got caught. That's what changed. That was the major bellwether. When Rand Paul publicly stated that he was going to be turning all of this over to justice and Fauci was sitting there shaking. And I'm not talking about like, you know, the guy looked like he was dehydrated or something. The guy was shaking. Believe me, when I'm sitting across the table from an interrogation and you've got someone and you lay it on him like that, that's the shake that he had. Yeah. When you know you're about to close that door on him, that's the kind of shakes they get. At, at the same time, I'm kind of surprised that he was shaking at all because he knows the DOJ is in the same pocketbook. I mean, they're, they're like nothing's going to happen. I don't know. I'm not so sure that Fauci's concerned about DOJ doing nothing. I'm not so sure he's concerned about that. I think he's more concerned about his role and his stature and what's going to happen to him or his family. I think that's more more of what he's concerned about and not from the people, not from justice, from the people that own him. That's what he's more concerned about. But see, Fauci, I, I'm not interested in you at the end of the day. I'm not interested in you. I'm interested in what you have to say. I'm interested in what information you're willing to give up. But at the end of the day, I want your bosses. Any person that can see through this at this point knows that these are front men. I want the people behind the scenes. I want the puppet masters. That's what I want. I want the bosses. I'm interested in, in Fauci flipping and turning evidence. That's what I'm interested in. He would be Epstein if, uh, if he were to flip, I think. That's the other problem is that right there. So you'd have to um, you'd have to have some of that um, that nice Hollywood production stuff <laughs> and then make it look like he's not there anymore. And then, yeah, you'd wheel him out when you need him. Did that happen to Epstein? Just asking. I don't know. We don't know yet. Just asking. I don't think we'll ever know. I don't know. Did that happen to uh, John McAfee? I don't know. McAfee is a different one because he's not. I, I think he I think they really did off him because he doesn't fit the narrative. He wasn't True. he wasn't part of the, the circle. True. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, we mentioned him yesterday. Uh, we kind of played a little clip of him and he says, oh, no, we got to do better. We got to do better. Yeah, we got to get these numbers up in the department. Well, he's now mandated that all city employees are going to have to have it done. Same thing with all. And by the way, uh, with Biden coming out and doubling down on the uh, the federal workers, let me just put this into perspective. Federal employees right now is close to three million people. OK, three million people. That includes contractors. On top of that, you have four and a half million people that work for the U.S. Postal Service. All the military, that would be mandated on them as well. Are you ready for the desertions? You ready for the people that are going to go AWOL? You ready for the court marshals? This is also another way for them to purge the government. See, when they do a full takeover like this, when you steal a country like this and you, you do a full takeover, you are committed to that full takeover. You can't go back. They couldn't go back now even if they wanted to. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio has had a, well, he's, he's stepped up his rhetoric a little bit more. Well, yeah, we're going to have to do better. And yeah, uh, we're, we're just going to have to, well... We're going to have to stop being so nice. We were nice. We were warm. We were caring. We were welcoming. We gave you incentives. We can't be nice anymore. See, that type of person that he really is, a communist, that mask is now coming off. Now you can see it. 
But see, he still does it with a smile on his face. So my question to you is, how will this work out? Who will be in charge of tracking who has a vaccine or who doesn't have a vaccine? Who will be in charge of testing, weekly testing at schools? Will they be done at individual schools or will it be testing centers? Mechanically, how is it going to work out? Look at that well, look Mike, we went down this road last year because I made the decision to open our public schools. A lot of other school systems in America weren't willing to reopen. We did. We had hundreds of thousands of kids in person in New York City public schools. And thank God for it because our oh, kids yeah. need that and they need yeah. it again now. So we're coming back full strength in September. We did a very extensive testing program in every school. So we know how to do that. Our, our employees understand how to go through that. But what's good about our Department of Education right now is a high level of, excuse me, high level vaccination. And we're going to do a major vaccination drive for kids 12 years old and up. And look, I'm a parent. My kids went to New York City public schools. If my kids were going to school in September, I would be running to get them vaccinated oh, right now. Yeah. And, and well, like was said a moment ago, you know, we used to do this as parents all the time for a variety of vaccinations. We've got to shake people at this point uh -huh. and say, come on now. We tried voluntary. You know, we could not have been more kind and compassionate as a country. Free testing everywhere you turn. Incentives, friendly, warm embrace. The voluntary phase is over. We can keep uh -huh. doing those things. I'm not saying shut it down. I'm saying voluntary alone doesn't work. It's time for mandates because it's the only way to protect our people. Right. See, hmm. Bruce, it's time for mandates. It's time for mandate. That's the only way to protect people is by mandating. You see that? You see that? It's, it's, it's time to do that. Would you buy a used car? I know the listener, you can't see this. Would you buy a used car from this guy right here? Because that's what he looks like. He looks mm -hmm. like he looks like a used car salesman that's at one of those corner lots that's run by an independent person, not not someone that's uh, that, that's running like a major like a dealership, like a Chevy dealer or something. No, this this guy right here. No, this right here is a scumbag. First class scumbag. This guy right here. The other thing that um, I would like to point out is uh, notice his rhetoric there. Notice that taking it out of out of uh, the specifics and look at just the, the basics of what he's saying. He's saying that you're too stupid to make decisions on your own, so we have to mandate these decisions. We have to force you. We have to hold you at gunpoint and make you do what we tell you. Uh, I'm sorry, how is that not tyranny? Where, where's the line for this? Are, are they going to next say, well, we, we have to enact these um, tracking methods Social credit scoring doing it. because it's it's for it's for society it's for society's sake it's for their safety it's for their own good. Governor Cuomo, when he said we got to knock on those doors, we got to get them in the cars, and we got to drive them down there, and we got to shoot them in the arm. That's the mission. Now I'm paraphrasing there a little bit, but that's pretty much what he said, more or less. Yep, yep. Sound sounded more like a threat than a taking to the vaccine center. Yeah, because they're not asking anymore. Yeah, as I said. They got caught with a hand in the cookie jar. They're done. They're done. So why not, right? Why not go for it? Why not go for all of it? That's the problem yeah. is some European countries are <laughs> like they're out in the streets, right? I mean, they're not rioting. They're not they're not looting. They're not burning. But let's be honest here. Um, 
if the politicians don't stop, if they don't stop, and if the elites pushing them don't stop, and if the media doesn't stop, we're going to lose civil society really quickly, really quickly. It can come unraveled really fast at this point. So if they don't quit, which they're not going to, unfortunately, I hate to say that, they're not going to, but they're doing everything they can now as a Hail Mary, they are scrambling. So let's get over to Fauci. We got, we're, we're spending so much time on this, and it's my fault, I know, but there's so much to discuss today on this because of the, the double down uh, effort in the US, and they're, they're flip flopping and reversing everything. They've had to change so fast that things are happening so fast. By the way, Joe Biden, he did say those that are not vaccinated are just truly stupid uh, at this point. So you asked, why aren't they calling us stupid? Well, clearly he did. Fauci on the new mask mandate from the CDC, and how this is going to, I'm not joking, how this is going to incentivize people to get vaccinated. Think about that for a second. They're telling vaccinated people you need to wear masks again. And Fauci says wearing a mask again with the next mandate is going to incentivize you to get vaccinated. I'm not making this up. We don't want to go back to virtual. We don't want to close the schools. We want when the fall term comes, the children are in school. And in order to keep them safe in that setting, giving the changing situation that has occurred, that's why the recommendation to keep everybody masked when you're dealing with school, even if you're vaccinated. And Dr. Fauci, other uh, pushback we're hearing from conservatives, they're saying this new mandate is going to undermine confidence uh, on the part of people who haven't been vaccinated yet. It's going to take away the incentive to get vaccinated. No, I would think, Judy, just the opposite. We would not be in this situation if we already had now the overwhelming proportion of the population vaccinated. Oh, we would not up. be having the viral dynamics that give you a red and an orange zone. If we had the overwhelming proportion of the people vaccinated, we would not be having this conversation. Uh-huh. So the solution to all of this is to get vaccinated and get that 100 million people in the country who are eligible for vaccines who have not gotten vaccinated to get vaccinated. And that's the reason why I'm heartened to see that among the conservative Republicans, among people like Stephen Scalise and even Governor DeSantis himself, who are Uh promoting vaccination, people like uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson, who's out there beating the bushes, trying to get people vaccinated. That's the way to go. That's what's going to settle this problem. Let me ask you something there, Tony. Um, Did you or the people that you work for, did they possibly... The only thing I can guess, and I'm just guessing, that's all I'm doing, it's either promises or it's threats. I'm not sure which one it is, but it's one of the two. He he basically made the the statement that... um, it's because of the unvaccinated that we're seeing a, a rise, an uptick in mm-hmm. in these cases. Why exactly are locations with the highest vaccination rates? Why 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 do they have the highest infection rates as well at the same time? Well, that could be um, due to the uh, the dense population of the area, and I mean, if you uh-huh. bump into someone that has COVID, I'm just how am I doing here? Yeah, um, because uh, there there is no explanation. If what he's saying is true, we would see data showing that the higher the vaccination rate is, the lower the number of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. It's not the case. Uh, California, as an example, is one of the most vaccinated, and yet they're a red zone. They're well, they're going into mandates again. 
Yeah. And we talked yesterday about what CBS Sacramento was reporting. The five counties that have the highest vaccination rates have the highest case rates. The five count they compared that against the five counties that had the lowest vaccination rates and they have the lowest case rates. What would that tell you? NBC News did a piece just yesterday on why the why the the areas with the highest vaccination rates are seeing cases. Their argument is that people that are vaccinated are spreading it to other vaccinated people. That's the point of it. If anyone hasn't figured that out, do you know what USA Today did? They pulled it. The vaccination rate in Israel is the highest in the world or one of the highest in the world. Uh, I think it's within the top three. I think there's small island nations that have more or a higher vaccination rate than Israel. But if you look at Israel, they're locking down again. They're requiring mass mandates and, and social distancing again because their infection rates are so high. So either there's a correlation between the number of people vaccinated and how many people are getting infected or the vaccines are ineffective, period. I don't think they're ineffective. As I said yesterday, I think they're working as intended. But they're banking on the fact this is psychological warfare. Make no mistake about that. They're banking on the fact that they have so many lemmings out there in the population, so many people that are so gaslit, they don't know which end is up. Like the stellar, stellar individual. He's probably a VP of, a, of some company somewhere that I saw today. President Joe Biden is exploring a vaccine mandate for all federal employees. He's exploring it. That means you're going to get it. He said it's under consideration right now, meaning they're going to do it. Uh, but that's according to the Post. A reporter asked him if federal employees would need to be vaccinated. Of course, he said, yeah, that's under consideration. So they're they're working on that. Uh, but at the moment, there's no way for them to, quote, mandate this because it's not. Understand this. This is not approved. This is under emergency use authorization. They cannot mandate something by law unless it's given FDA approval. And even then you can't mandate it. Google has announced today that anybody that wants to return to their offices will have to be vaccinated. Now, I'm sure that this has nothing to do with any kind of collusion or corruption or anything like that. This is new. This is breaking. This is out of the national pulse. Of course, Raheem Kassam, Natalie Winters, they've been doing some bang up work on this stuff, breaking stuff that you just don't see or hear anywhere else. And it is fascinating, the stuff they come up with and the research that they do. Natalie Winters, you know what she was? She was a 19-year-old college student when COVID started, when all that stuff originally started, almost two years ago. She was a 19-year-old college student. And they were look Raheem was looking for somebody to help him, help him start up this, uh, this National Pulse. And she's been amazing. She's been absolutely amazing. NIH director, which is Francis Collins, right? And Fauci's boss has been advising a Chinese military proxy linked group working alongside a COVID-19 gene storage firm. That doesn't sound like a problem or anything, does it? It doesn't sound like there's any kind of collusion or anything there. No, no, Nah. The annual event in question is the International Conference on Genomics and is organized by BGI Genomics and the China National Gene Bank. You know, we did hear some rumors that the Chinese were collecting gene samples of people around the world based on this COVID-19 thing. We heard that that was happening, but we weren't quite sure what it was all about. We saw that stuff and we thought, okay, where, where's the link to this? Here's the missing link right here. This is it. BGI Genomics has been flagged by U.S. intelligence officials for its robust efforts to collect, store, and exploit biometric information. Fingerprint readers on phones, face scans, iris scanners. This has also been taken through the COVID-19 test kits in the U.S. According to the FBI, the firm has deep ties to both the Chinese Communist Party and the People's Liberation Army. It's odd. 
It's odd. Why would you do some business with now? What was it Fauci said? We, we had an arrangement with some Chinese comp. I mean, scientists. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody remember that? In January of 2021, the director of National Counterintelligence and Center for or, and Security Center, William Evenia, told CBS News that the U.S. based foreign controlled labs are a modern day Trojan horse. BGI comes to the U.S. bearing gifts. Really? The, Ch the Chinese come to the U.S. bearing gifts? Really? I never would have guessed. I never would have guessed that. But they harbor other motives. It is unclear whether BGI or any COVID tester would get DNA from nasal swabs, but the labs are a way to establish a foothold to bring their equipment here to start mining your data and to set up shop in your neighborhood. You see, the Chinese have been working on biological weapons for quite some time. By the way, that's illegal, if anyone didn't know that. Uh, under the Biological Weapons Convention, no one can do that. And the problem is, it, it, this is this is where Rand Paul caught them. The problem is, is that you had people like this in the U.S. working with them to develop and aid their programs. That's the real problem here. And as we get closer, what did I tell you last week? As we get closer to the truth, as we get closer to finding out what happened at that lab in Wuhan, and it's not even so much as 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 saying that uh, it's been this horrible, nasty outbreak or something like that. The fact is, is that they've used it like that and the events leading up to it. That's what's important here. So as we get closer to how that institution was funded and how it was created and for what purpose, they're going to come at you even harder, which is what they're doing now. Right. Oh, all of this is now messed up. Now we have to start all over again. All of this is is now is now tainted. We, we got to start all over again. See, they got caught. Now they're going to come out and say, we have to start fresh. We have to we have to start over all the people that did what you were supposed to do. You need to start it all over again. And it's because of those people that didn't follow what you did. It's their fault. So the fact that this group is linked to the National Institute of Health, that should raise a red flag or two, maybe, possibly. I don't think it would. Uh, as, as I said, you know, earlier, what, why is it that people aren't paying attention to the fact of, you know, Fauci and uh, these other talking heads where their investments are? Nobody's mm -hmm. paying attention to that. So I don't why would they pay attention to this? I mean, yeah. you know, BGI also manages the conference's other sponsor, which is the China National Gene Bank, which describes itself as a gene storage project that is uh, that's approved and funded by the Chinese government, meaning the Chinese Communist Party. Several BGI consultants, managers, and researchers, in addition to professors at Chinese Communist Party-run universities, speak at the conference and have done so since its founding in 2006. By the way, Dr. Francis Collins, who is Fauci's boss and the director of the National Institute of Health, also attended and spoke at those conferences. Collins is also listed as a member of the conference's advisory board, and addressed the conference during his tenure at the National Institute of Health as the director in 2016. So throughout that speech, uh, Collins implored attendees to pursue international scientific collaboration. Yeah, how's that worked out for us? Celebrating that the attitude of needed by all, owned by all, done by all, shared by all continues to this very day, not only in genomic research, but in many other areas of science that have adopted the same message. What are you doing to reinforce and expand upon the spirit of collaboration? Well, I'm not collaborating with a group of people that have murdered, some would argue, upwards of 400 million of their own citizens, if you include the forced abortions, the one-child policy, and all the rest of it. 
that's the last people on the planet that I'd be collaborating with, sir. We do have some other video or some other audio here we're going to get to. Uh, Dr. Fauci last night talking about the new the new variant that he's he's speaking on because you're going to have to mask now if you've been vaccinated. So you got conned. OK, you got conned. So now they're coming back at you with more, which we knew they were going to do, but you didn't want to listen. So here he is talking about how this is now this is now which a couple of weeks ago it was highly highly effective right you had a vaccine it was highly highly effective now no it's it's a little bit more than that data came back saying you don't really and that it's okay to be indoors right now i I, so i guess the data is just different with delta but do you understand why people might feel a little whipsawed (laughs) uh, between the last announcement and this one Yeah, it's thoroughly understandable, but there really is a pretty clear explanation of it. And here are the data. When you go back 60 days or the two months ago, when you look at the level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's vaccinated and gets a breakthrough infection, it was considerably less than the level of virus in the nasopharynx of an unvaccinated Uh person. The data were clear. Now that we have a Delta variant... That has changed the entire landscape, because when you look at the level of virus in the nasopharynx of a vaccinated person who gets a breakthrough infection with Delta, it is exactly the same as the level of virus in a unvaccinated uh, person uh-huh. who's infected. Got it. That's yeah. the problem. So, so those data work. are very compelling. And that triggered uh-huh. the change in the CDC guideline. That That is fascinating to me because it I know. It should be basically nothing about uh, what do you know but i guess my intuition would be that the viral load would correlate to severity of illness and what i'm hearing from you is that like you've got a situation in which delta is producing a higher viral load and higher viral load shedding by orders of magnitude if the data we have is to be believed and yet not leading to severe illness in the way that you you right. would fear, right? That the big fear was that you'd have a, a, a that it would essentially right. evade the vaccine. Right. It, it, Chris, you nailed it because that's exactly what it is, that the antibody response, the immune response that your body makes that needs to block virus in the upper airway needs to be much more powerful than the immune response that protects your lungs. In other uh-huh. words, you mm. need a lower level right. of protection The lung is more easily protected than the upper airway. We know that from animal studies. It's very, very clear. Uh So I guess the last point here is, do you feel like you should, there's a kind of meta-communicative point to make here, which is, this stuff's going to change. Like, this is a fairly dynamic situation and is going to continue to be, we're not, it's not like we're going to just kind of turn the page on coronavirus because there might be new variants right. and there might be yeah, different seasonalities gonna, yeah. and the, yeah. just, you know, that's going to be part of yeah. life. Yeah. Well, Chris, it doesn't have to be right. if the overwhelming majority of the people in this country get vaccinated. We <laughs> could nail this down by just crushing it. The problem we have, Chris, that you and I have discussed multiple times on your program. Yes. Right now, we have 100 million people in the United States who are eligible who are not getting vaccinated. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Bruce. Uh, see, it's your nasal pharynx that uh, that are harboring mm-hmm. that that virus uh, and that, uh, that that infection. And and that's that's just it. When you have that that load in your nasal pharynx there uh, and you're vaccinated, that's what would cause that that breakthrough infection, because, well, this 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 new variant is just it's a bad actor, as he said. 
Yes, but uh, Pfizer has said that the masks don't work. Um, Fauci just said that uh, the vaccine and what he was stating there is non-effective against the Delta variant. Um, so I, I, I don't really know what his message is there uh, other than do what we say because we said to do it. Um, no, I, I'm not going to do what you say because you said to do it, uh, Anthony. I'm, I'm not going to do that because um, you're deflecting, sir. Back to the original point. You got caught. You never admit fault, right? Double down. Rochelle Walensky, and I know we played audio yesterday of her conference call, and it was it was pretty bad. But uh, this is her now reading another script on another media network. Take a listen. The largest concern that I think we in public health and science are worried about is that virus and the potential mutations away, we are from a very transmissible virus that has the potential to evade our vaccines in terms of how it protects us from severe disease and death. Okay, so right there, right there, she's telegraphing. There's going to be another variant and another one and another one and another one. They're still playing the game that it's going to, quote, mutate into something more deadly and it's going to be those vaccinated people. Excuse me. It's going to be, well, it's what it'll be. It's those unvaccinated people that are going to cause it. There's no data to support that. As a matter of fact, again, all the data is pointing in the opposite direction. All right. You got anything to say on that before we uh, before we move on here? Because uh, clearly this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So we're going to have to do something about those unvaccinated people, right? Yeah, clearly that that's the problem. So, you know, it, it's time for us to crack down and stop being, uh, uh, you, you know, courteous, generous, I don't know, and, and just start yeah. mandating it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, you just got to shake people at this point, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's what you got to do. You got to knock on those doors. You got to drag them out of there, get them in the car, drive them down and shoot them in the arm. Uh-huh. That sounds like state sanctioned brutality, sir. That's what that sounds like. Piers Morgan. Who got COVID, by the way. in the arms. Just <laughs> yeah. saying. Piers Morgan, who's double vaccinated, by the way, and he has COVID, because he was at the football game at Wembley. That's where he was. He was out there cheering with everybody. You saw that. He was calling for, for all the restrictions to be put back in place, but yet he was out there cheering at the football game in front of thousands and thousands of people. That's not hypocrisy. Please tell me what is. Piers Morgan calls for unvaccinated to be denied medical treatment. They were saying this in the in the very early days, weren't they? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> we've gone full circle at this point. I mean, in the very early days, it was masks don't work. And then it was you wear two masks. Full. And now we're back to masks don't work again. So I, I, I don't know why some of these places are saying we need well, to do more restrictions when we just found out it didn't work. It was it was just like it. It was like that trail of breadcrumbs again. It was it was just the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. They needed you to go along with the initial stages. Fourteen days to flatten the curve. You know, most people were actually okay with that because are you really going to trust the data coming out of China? Are you really going to do that? Are you going to trust the Chinese Communist Party? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Even if it's out of a precautionary measure, I don't think so. Everybody was willing to go along with that part of it. Now it's just getting to the bizarre stage. It's just getting weird. So now people are just like, wait a minute. Uh, you were just supposed to do this this two weeks, and then everything was just supposed to go back. Like that that should have been the end of it right there. But now it's oh well, no. Now we need to do these these mask things. And see, the mask was just meant to get you to the vaccine. They thought everybody was going to take the vaccine. They didn't. Those numbers came up way short of what they wanted. So then they started throwing the other things in. Oh, we have variants here. We'll push masks here. We'll push vaccines here. Now we're going to give you the passport. See, it's all coming undone. 
It's all falling apart. Now you've got the movements in the streets by the millions, and they're getting bigger. At the same time, you've got a parallel track running on the exposure side from key people like Senator Rand Paul, Senator Marshall, and Senator Kennedy in the U.S. Senate calling out Fauci, which, by the way, none of that's on television, calling out Fauci, saying, uh, hang on a minute, you guys funded this. All of your research that you did is attached to this. Uh, Dr. Fauci, you funded gain-of-function research for that spike protein, and now that same spike protein is on the COVID-19 virus. Uh, do you have any explanation for that whatsoever? Uh, I'm not sure what you're referring to, Senator. Son, it's pretty simple, is what the response should have been, which it more or less was, but it was done in a political manner. No more medical treatment for you. Of course, can you really get medical treatment anyway? I know some people that haven't been able to get the right kind of medical treatment because of COVID-19, regardless of vaccination status. They don't care about your vaccination status anyway, peers. I don't know if you've been paying attention or not, but they don't care about that. They don't care if you've had COVID. They don't care if you've, hell, they don't care if you've had COVID or not. You still got to take a vaccine. They don't care about that anymore either. Notice the recovery rates in all the countries around the world, according to the mainstream data that's being put out by like Johns Hopkins and others. You notice the recovery rates are in the single digits. Ever ask yourself yeah. why? But yet it's got a 99.995 chance of survivability, but yet there's less than a 10% recovery rate. Those numbers don't match. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that's that's what they're saying now. No medical treatment. Well, that kind of goes along with something else. And let's, let's kind of shift a little bit into this. This goes along with something else. You mentioned social credit just a little bit ago, right? We've been talking about that for a long time. Remember, you were a conspiracy theorist. You're a kook. You're a wing nut. You don't know what you're saying. You're a tinfoil hat wearer if you talk about social credit. No one's talking about doing vaccine passports, remember? No one's talking about mandating vaccines, you remember? Yeah. Some are saying that vaccine passports and a health social credit score are a slippery slope to tyranny. You really think so? Oh. You really think so? I never would have guessed that. There is a lockdown skeptic conservative MP from the UK named Steve Baker, and he has warned that threatening to ban unvaccinated people from places like universities, restaurants, bars, things like that, and other recent big government proposals was a slippery slope to tyranny. You don't say. Reports have claimed that Prime Minister Boris Johnson is considering mandating vaccinations for all university students if they want to live in on-campus accommodation or attend lectures. You know that's coming. If that's what they're saying now, then that's coming. Believe me, who has a stranglehold on the universities? It's the Chinese Communist Party. Think about that. Mr. Baker also criticized alleged government proposals alleged. You hear this? Alleged government proposals. That means they are government proposals to launch a communist China style social credit app that will reward Britons for what food they buy and how much exercise they take. All part of the social credit construct, exercising, eating healthy, that kind of stuff. All part of it. Yeah, but you're, you're a conspiracy theorist for believing in those things. Yeah. Yeah. What you can and can't buy in the store. Oh, yeah, that's coming. Do you remember I told you two years ago, Hell, it's been almost three years ago now. I said, imagine going in to see your doctor, your GP, whatever, and him saying, okay, uh, after your physical, this is what we found. So no more ice cream, no more red meat, no more whatever's high in fat or cholesterol or anything like that. You're eating low fat, you're eating cardboard, okay? Imagine that. And what happens now? For those that have that rebellious streak in them and you say, okay, yeah, all right, doc, thanks for that. Appreciate it. I don't care. I'm going to go out and get a big fat porterhouse, right? 
I'm going to go get me a tub of Ben and Jerry's, which they're in a little bit of financial trouble now, by the way. But imagine that immediately gets put into your chart. That goes into your medical records. With COVID, now everything's been thrown out the window as far as medical privacy, right? I don't think anyone, even the truly stupid, you can't argue that at this point, can you? Maybe they can. But imagine you go to the supermarket, you go to the store or whatever, and you try to buy that ice cream, you try to buy that steak, you try to buy that bag of chips, can't do it. You're not going to be able to. The reports come amidst government plans to introduce vaccine passports for entry into nightclubs and other large venues, which Mr. Baker observed could fundamentally change the relationship between the individual and the state. You don't say. You don't say. There are millions and millions of other people that are pissed off that agree with you, sir. And they're just ignoring it. That's the other thing, is the governments are just ignoring it. You see, that's what you should have done to begin with. There would be no need to be out there in the streets by the millions if you would have just ignored them to begin with. Isn't that what I said? You want to get back to your normal life? Ignore them. That's all you have to do, because they won't stop. You keep doing what they tell you to do, it'll just be the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Successive approximation. Look the term up. If you would have just ignored them and gone about your life, there's nothing they can do. He says, we're now looking at digital IDs, a social credit system being trialed to get people to deal with obesity. Central bank digital currencies will enable the state to enormously interfere in our lives. And reasonably, you can sit back and say, wow, what is going on with the change in the relationship between the individual and the state? I can see why some people are quite frightened. You should be. You should be. You know, I still talk to people and I I tell them what's being lined up here as far as this. Exactly this. I say, look, you don't understand. See, some people are still convinced that, well, they'll eventually have to get back to things because, well, they're going to need to take taxes. You, you really don't understand. You really don't see the larger picture here. There are no taxes in the future. Oh, there's taxes, but it's not money. There's no money in the future if we stay on this course with these, these low-life degenerates that are running things, all these foundations and these banks. You get the digital currency that they give you allotted to you every month. Universal basic incomes, you don't save it. There's no way for you to save it. And if you do what you're told, well then, like a good little peasant, you get some more crumbs every month. And that's what you live on, if they allow you to live. You really don't get it. Everything that we knew, when they say, when Klaus Schwab says Great Reset, he means exactly that. Do you remember I said yesterday, I said they were at the end? 2008, right? They couldn't go any further. They were finished. They had nowhere else to go. With the bailouts at bottom time, they scrambled, they consolidated over the last 12 years, 12, 13 years, they've been consolidating. Well, that's as far as they can go. Schwab said it himself in the clip that we first initially dug up on him. He was referencing climate change. That's what the discussion was about when he was talking about his whole great reset you know, theory or whatever. And make no mistake, that's a theory. But what he's really saying in there, if you listen to him very carefully, what he's really saying in there is is that what other choice do we have? He's not talking about climate change. They don't care about that stuff. They never have. That's just the way they, they flipped the movement back in the 60s to the green movement. OK, I got books on it. That's what they did. This was an idea that was adopted by a bunch of Malthusians. And that's what they are. They're, they're, they're Malthusians. They're, they're based on the ideology of Sir Thomas Malthus. They weigh population against resource consumption. John P. Holdren, science czar under Barack Obama, wrote a book called Eco Science. If you can get your hands on it, go get it. Uh, he also co-authored some other books. Uh, and they're very clear in there about what they want to do. And that was written back in the 70s, the 60s and the 70s. So Schwab's talking about climate change. In fact, I have the clip. Let's just play it. Some people may say this is too idealistic. 
Um, but what other choice do we have? At least we have to try. Uh, we may fail, and um, next generations, or even we ourselves, will have to pay the price for our failure. At least we should try. He's referencing climate change, but that's not what he's talking about. That interview was done in 2018. Shortly after that, that was late 2018. Shortly after that, we had COVID-19, and he released his book, COVID-19 and the Great Reset. Schwab's not talking about climate change. He's talking about the elite. What other choice do they have? For their survival as that class, what other choice do they have? They're at the end. They stole all the money. They consolidated. They took all your pension. Your pensions aren't there. The banks are empty. I hate to break that to you. If they announce that on every mainstream media network across the world tonight, what do you think would happen? The elites are finished. They have to do this. This is their Hail Mary. If they don't do this, they go down. Rightfully so. I mean, it's time the elite went down, honestly. I, I don't know. I'm not calling for violence or any of those things. I'm just saying when you look in history and you look at, as an example, what America was originally intended to be, it was to basically flip the bird to the elite and empower the average person. We've gotten away from that and gone back to the whole feudalistic you know, the the monarchs, nobles, whatever, you know, I, I know that's technically we have different terms for what's going on. But in a nutshell, that's what it is. It's always been this. The elite try to rule over the, the lowers in society. It's it's always been that way. And this was something new. And now they're trying to enact it again. And as we've talked about time and time again, social credit, digital dark age, all that fun stuff. This is a great chance for them to enact a digital dark age that potentially we won't come out of for a very long time. And if they don't get their digital dark age through, if they don't do that now, technologies that are capable of coming will free up humanity for the foreseeable future, at least as far as what we can imagine right now. So I don't know. We'll, we'll obviously we'll see what, what society, what direction they take. Let's look at this. Let's look at the uh, let's look at the people that they have fooled with this stuff now. OK, let's just take that class of people because that's that's what they're doing. They're creating another class out of this, aren't they? That's what they're doing. Yeah. What do you do with them under this great reset? We've talked about some of the op ed pieces that are put out at the World Economic Forum's website, how they say, oh, it's it's the year 2030. I own nothing. I'm happy about it. My life's never been better. Uh, I, I live in this city and everything's great. It's uh, it's all rented and nobody owns anything, blah, blah, blah. But there are still a few people that live out in the other abandoned rural areas. Uh, and we hope that they're OK, but they didn't want to go along. We lost a lot of people along the way, but we made it. Is that where you put them? Do you make and, and I, I heard this about 10 years ago. I, I literally I heard this about 10 years ago. I heard the corporations were going to come in. and They were going to create bubble cities. That was in their plan. And I thought, OK, how are you going to do that? In order for you to do that, you've got to empty the cities out. You've got to get the real estate price to plummet, and you've got to buy everything up for pennies on the dollar. What's been happening over the last two years? They've been locking the cities down tighter than a drum. And as a result, you've had a mass exodus from the cities. It's shooting up real estate prices in rural America and in other parts of Europe to where the ones that are the, the kids that can no longer function in the cities that don't know anything are now coming back out, but they're being priced out of the marketplace to buy a house because you're going to own nothing and be happy about it. You're being priced out of the market because all the people that left the cities are now paying top dollar for the places out in rural America and it's driving the prices up. On top of that, you've got the hedge funds that are bankrupt 
By the way, look at what's going on out in front of BlackRock today. An Alabama coal miners union is up there ready to storm the building. Anybody paying attention to that in the mainstream media? I don't think so. All the headlines I've seen, uh, nobody was talking about that. That wasn't mentioned at all. The only thing they're talking about is COVID restrictions, getting the vaccine, vaccine mandates. That's that's all that I was seeing in the headlines. Right there. You see it. Why isn't that on the news? Oh, it's fake news, right? Yeah, it's 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 fake news. Yeah. You talk about that. That's fake news. Yeah. Well, that that was clearly just a bunch of Trump supporters out there, Uh you know, Uh spreading Uh, misinformation. Yeah, this just in. This must be some more fake news. This just in. Netflix mandates COVID-19 vaccines for cast, crew and actors of their productions in the U.S. So anyway, my point was, is that getting back to that, I'm sorry, things are just breaking here as we're talking. But my point was, is I heard that they were going to build these bubble cities. Okay, well, how are you going to do that? You had to do that by getting people out of the cities first. Well, they did that and they're still working on that. They're getting people out of the cities. People are leaving. So what do you do? Do you really do that? And I I said that a few years ago. I said, wait till the corporations come in and they start building these sanctuary cities with the social credit system. But in order for you to get in there, you're going to have to do the right things. You're going to have to ridicule people. You're going to have to step on people. You're going to have to do what they tell you to do in order to get in there where you'll have the good medical care, the good food, you know, and all the rest of it for as long as they let you stay in there. You'll have that 250 square foot coffin apartment if you are a well-to-do family of four. See, you're going to be one of the privileged people to live in there. Former State Department official says that we need to take vaccinated, vac- vaccinated, it should be that, right? Vaccinated? Yeah. Yeah. We we need to take vaccinated people and put them in safe havens away from unvaccinated people. You know, how do I argue that? <laughs> help me. Help help me with this craziness and this lunacy. How do I argue that? These mass Karens everywhere, I want them gone, right? I, I want them out of people's faces. These people that are running around on TV like uh, de Blasio and Cuomo and Fauci, the head of the CDC and Biden and everybody talking about, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to shake people. We're going to drag them out of the house after we knock on those doors. We're going to put them in cars. We're going to go to your own city. Go to your own place. Yes. No. I'm asking the question. But how do I argue against that? Because they're telling people that, by the way, they're telling the majority. Let's let's be clear. We're the majority. Don't ever forget that. They want you to believe you're the minority. You're not. You're the majority. They are the minority. Never forget that. That's just a that's a tactic to break your will. That's all it is. Do not lose focus of that. But they're telling people all day, we're going to drag you out of your hell. They're doing it in some countries. They're going to drag you out of your house. We're going to isolate. We're going to take you off if you don't do this. Okay. here's the opposite side of it. How do I or you or anybody else? How do we argue against the fact that that's not what we want to do? How do we argue against that? I don't know how you argue against that. I mean, there, there's there's two directions I could go with it, right? So if the elite come in and say we're going to do this, and you're going to you're going to like it, there's only one conclusion I can come to on if the elite do that. At the same time, if the elite come in and say we're going to buy up all this land, create these sanctuary cities, and then f right off and not mess with the populace again, the rest of us again. I'm not sure I'm against it either. Like, if you guys want to go off and make your own cities, that's fine. Go ahead. But there's there's a there's a slight caveat. Not here. Find a different place. 
Yeah, but here's the problem. They wouldn't be able to survive. See, that's that's the other side of it. Everything that they've done to the not not only to these these cities, but now, think about that. Think about think about the people that have screwed up the entire system, both economically, financially, culturally, socially. They're now going to run utopian bubble cities. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? They wouldn't make it. They wouldn't survive. That's partly why I said not here. But the other reason I said not here is because constitutionally, you can't do something like that. You have to completely ignore the Constitution and, and to restrict one's travel, to restrict one's ability to own something, to, to have access to medical care, not only are a violation of just the Declaration of Independence, ignoring the Constitution, we don't even have to go that far. You, you can't do it. But if the populace says, OK, yeah, you can do it. Well, it doesn't matter what the Constitution says or the Declaration if, if you don't resist it. So... I don't know. The, the, the only argument I have against it is basically if you're unwilling to stand against it, then you deserve it. Tara Sonnenschein, who is an Obama era former undersecretary of state for public diplomacy and public affairs, penned an article for The Hill newspaper as far left as you can get next to Axios, I think, uh, on Tuesday titled It's Time We Had Safe Havens for Vaccinated Americans. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. You're not going to get any argument from me. However, um, make sure that you seal those places off so you don't have any more of this uh, violent rhetoric wafting out. Make, make sure you do that. Just, you know, just just so we're clear. Um, now, they say that this is the sanctuary city thing that can be used inappropriately because that's an often popular term used for uh, illegal immigrants. So you can't you can't really use sanctuary city in this case. So uh, they they call them safe haven. Uh, traditionally, we think and I'm quoting here. Traditionally, we think of one particular type of safe haven, which is the sanctuary city, as a place for uh, as a place designated to shield immigrants from the long arm of federal enforcement. Long arm. They're there illegally, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh huh. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. A safe haven is a place that chooses to keep local resources available to local residents as a way of protecting people in need of protection while awaiting action on their cases. Okay, so safe space. Got it. A safe haven for the unvaccinated Americans could be as big as a county or a district or as small as a school or religious organization. Think of it as a bubble. What did I say? Bubble cities? Yeah. Think of it as a bubble, like the Olympic Village outside of Tokyo. They had COVID cases in there, by the way. Do you know what it's like in Tokyo for the athletes? Have you seen what's going on in there? Oh, it's it, it, it's quite, quite a, a party, right? I just so happen, because she made that comparison, I just so happen to have a video of what's going on in there for the athletes. I just so happen to have one of those. Now, Bruce, obviously, you can watch this, but the listener, you really don't need to watch it. Hearing it is good enough. I'm Jazz, and I'm currently in Japan for the Tokyo Olympics. Here are some of the COVID protocols that we have to follow. Firstly, we take a PCR test every single day, and it has to be submitted before 10 a.m., so no long lines. Then we take our temperature and enter it into the daily questionnaire on the app to go to the Japanese government so that they can keep track of what we're doing and where we are. There is hand sanitizer absolutely everywhere, and you have to wear masks at all times unless you're eating or training. And when you're eating, you have to eat behind these plastic screens. You're also not allowed to serve yourself food. This is all for safety. We're 
they're not allowed to leave the team hotel at all apart from one supervised walk or for training. And the walk goes from where I'm pointing over there to the cones on that side so you can kind of walk back and forth, but it's not very far. If you want to get outside while you're at the hotel, then we have access to this balcony, which we share with all the other sports, but you have to keep your mask on. If you want to do media, you have to do it either via Zoom or in a room with just one other person instead of a full film crew. And we're restricted to a few floors of the hotel and we can't interact with the public in any way. Oh, that sounds like it's a real nice place to be. This is uh, the Olympics in North Korea, right? This is... Uh... You'd think. Hmm. That's what it sounds like. Again. This is what she's saying. She literally says this. She makes that exact comparison. She says, we need cities this size for vaccinated Americans. She says, we need all of these things that they're doing there. So testing, tracing, quarantining, and health and safety protocols can be carried out inside these safe havens. Everybody must adhere to the belief that vaccines are the key to safety. Hear this? That's a cult right there. That's a cult. 110%. That's a cult. What everyone inside of the safe haven shares is the view that vaccinations remain the key to safety. There are rules that must be followed and procedures to guide everyone to a positive outcome. Again, this is a cult. Left outside the safe haven would be all those who resist vaccination with no good reason and thus are in danger of spreading the virus to others. This, these are quotes. I'm not making this up. These are quotes from the article she wrote. Now, she admitted that her plan may strike some as divisive. Really? You think? You think? Maybe That's just a little. Mildly. That is very mild, yes. But she defended her strategy anyway, claiming when there is an emergency, you have to act, right? See, don't think. Don't think. Just do what we say because we're going to keep you safe. Don't think on it. Just do what we tell you to do. She insisted that public health challenges demand creative solutions. Creative solutions. <laughs> creative solutions. What, like you? You seem to be pretty creative. I wouldn't call you a solution. Well, maybe the final solution. That's what I'd call you. She says, if we put some parameters around who can enter certain buildings and regions, the balance of power shifts to vaccinated Americans and those who have taken the necessary steps to be safe from the virus. They can enter the safe haven at will. The balance of power will shift to the vaccinated Americans. Are you saying that they don't have it now? That's what she's saying, because she knows damn well that it's a majority of people that are not buying the narrative. Like I said, you are the majority. Never forget that. She then goes on to say, we all deserve health. Of course we do. And we all deserve the, and this is me saying it, we all deserve the individual responsibility to maintain it ourselves. If you're going to keep that, then you got to fight for it. That's what it is. Just, you don't deserve good health. I'm sorry. You, you don't deserve it. You work for it. True. You maintain it. True. You earn it. But at the same time, you know, I also I also look at the I mean, we talked about universal health care all those years ago with Marty. And we were comparing like the government run system to private health insurance and all that stuff. Why should I have to pay for that person who just sits around and drinks beer and, and smokes and eats burgers all day? Why should I have to pay for that? If someone wants to go out there and do that and kill themselves, go ahead. I shouldn't have to pay for that. So I think you deserve good health if you work hard at it. I mean, hell, I work hard to keep my health. I do. I work really hard at it. That doesn't mean I'm, uh, I should be awarded it like some treat, but I work hard at it. Now, uh, she says that if someone is knowingly and voluntarily refusing protection from COVID-19, that would be anybody that thinks, they are creating an unsafe environment, putting the lives of nurses, doctors, EMT responders, and children at risk of catching their viral load. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, are you telling that to two-thirds of the hospitals 
hospital staffs, nurses, doctors around the world that are refusing to take a COVID vaccine. This woman's not a medical doctor. She's not a scientist. She's a politician. We should all have the opportunity to seek shelter from life's storms. And though many will find this solution extreme, when we are talking about a national health crisis, inaction is inexcusable. Now, my question to this, she's talking about putting vaccinated people in safe spaces, right? With as fast as they're moving now, now that they're caught with their hand in the cookie jar, how long is it going to be before they're openly saying that unvaccinated people need to be rounded up and put in concentration camps? It's for their own safety, of course. Right, right. All right, we're out of time today. As a matter of fact, we ran over, but that's okay. All right. For those who have not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. And we also put out an exclusive podcast once a week just for our Telegram subscribers. So get signed up to us over there. Also, you get access to our news feed. We also have a comment section. So drop us a comment over there. We love hearing from you. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.